Believe in yourself, reach out for your dreams. Don't surrender, there is more than it seems. Hold on and fight, follow your heart. This is your way, love is what you make of it. Hi, this is Dr. Joe Luciani, along with my daughter and co-host, Lauren Simonian, welcoming you to another session of self-coaching, where real-life emotional struggle whether it's depression, anxiety, relationship conflict, losing weight, or simply handling life's challenges are all addressed, teaching you to become your own best coach. And today, Lauren and I will be talking about combating procrastination, laziness, and other self-defeating tendencies. Hey, Lauren, what do you think of that as a title? I love it. I'm excited to dig into that one. Hey, why did we start an hour later today? I, I just think we were on par for celebrating this whole procrastination episode. I mean, I did procrastinate. I, I, I wrote to you and said, can we start 15 minutes later? Then we it kept getting kicked down the road some more. And hey, listen, at least we're doing it. I'm not so sure that was a bad thing. But let's let's start out talking about procrastination as a bad thing or a habit of procrastination, someone who really does have a problem getting things done, you know, getting life started. So let's, let's maybe start if that's okay with you. Yeah, that sounds good. And you're talking about all, all things, right? Not just big projects. Yeah, People... it's like, it's like me telling you, Lauren, I'm too tired. Can't we do this later? Okay, so pushing off any yeah. sort of life event or yeah. activity. Okay. But can we do it later? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to use later. <laughs> oh, come on. Uh, you now know, or never. It'll be better if we do it later. <laughs> I mean, see, that's that's procrastination, right? It's just always coming up with a reason to kick that can down the road. Mm. It's like a, yeah. it, we call that rationalization. I remember that in Psych 101. A rationalization is a good reason, but it's not the real reason. And oftentimes the real reason is cloaked. You know, we're not always aware that we're doing it. Do you think sometimes uh, procrastination is just a, like a reflex that we're really not conscious? Yeah, I think like you said earlier, I could see it as a habit, as something that we kind of get used to creating space around the thing that we want to do and sort of building up to it instead of actually just doing it. I, I'm, I'm not following. We're building up space around it. Tell me what that means. Mm. Meaning, you know that there is something looming that you're trying to get closer to, but instead of actually making a plan and following through on it, you're creating almost like a mental space between you and ah, the thing. Got it. Got it. Yeah. So, so you're you're buying time. You're you're kind of insulating yourself from that moment of truth. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I guess that's exactly right. I guess what we're doing is we're we're just trying to put that off. As Mark Mark Twain once said, uh, procrastination is uh, never do today, which you could put off till the day after tomorrow, and 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 that buys us time because then I could just excuse myself from whatever that procrastination represents. What what kind of a danger looms in in pulling that trigger with procrastination? think that it likely would make somebody feel like they might lose control if they were to 
move forward quickly and not necessarily knowing what the outcome is going to be. I would assume that that could be something that holds people back. And I would say the other thing that is probably a deterrent to moving quickly towards something is this perfectionistic tendency that many people have mm. that they don't want to start something until they're absolutely certain that when they do, it's going to turn out perfect. And of course, that's a falsity, you know, uh, mind-made yeah, yeah. projection. I'm sorry for interrupting, but it reminds me of, I had a session last night, uh, talk about, you know, that perfectionistic need and uh, this was a, a young lady who was uh, trying to get together a resume for graduate school for six months. And, and there's always like she was trying to get, well, this has to happen. And then I need to get a little bit more information on this. And, and we were saying it's like you, you need to get all your ducks lined up in a perfect row before you're going to write that resume. And that's exactly what she was saying is that, you know, this has to be perfect. I can't start this. Until all this, all this, all the other ducks stop quacking and just fall in line, and and so for the perfectionist, I guess procrastination is a particularly challenged thing. Because you mentioned control, and the perfectionist only feels control when every duck is not only lined up but they're standing there at attention. So for the perfectionist, procrastination almost feels like it's it's a necessity. Because basically, they're, you know, do you ever get all your ducks always lined up in a row? It's very rare. So for the perfectionist, it might be particularly difficult to go through life and making just any decision. Yeah, I would think it would be paralyzing if you're waiting for all the ducks to start qu stop <laughs> quacking. <laughs> <Yeah>. Exactly. <laughs> um, but I, I think that the shift in momentum is difficult. Like when people are in a place of comfort and there's nothing to fear because there's no action being taken, um, it's really difficult to go from feeling comfortable to actually putting yourself out there and, you know, having a risk of something not working out the way you hoped that it would. So it's like almost it's a more... Um, yeah, it's more safe to kind of stay where you are, which I think might be part of the reason why procrastinating is something mm -hmm. that happens pretty often. Yeah, it's it's like we, we were saying a few weeks ago, it's the devil you know versus the devil you don't. Mm -hmm. And certainly there's, there's safety in familiarity. And so once once you you pull that trigger on whatever it is that you're hesitating about, uh, it, it introduces an element of the unknown, you know, the what if, well, what if I write this resume and, and I don't get in? Or what if I write this resume and I do get in and then fail? So comfort is is really involved in, in you know, breaking that, that comfort and pulling that trigger. So, so I, guess, I guess the word before you mentioned control, it is about control, isn't it? That, that we, 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 we cling to the control of our moment. And anything that challenges us, now, maybe we need to look at that a little bit more closely. When something challenges us, and the more challenging it is, uh, I guess the bigger the, the probability of things being different or out of control. So a small decision, even though some people have very, very difficult times with small decisions, should I take vanilla or chocolate? And, and that's a little bit deeper of a problem, believe it or not. Because every decision becomes cataclysmic for someone who is that indecisive. And that's really hinged on insecurity. But in bigger decisions, it becomes just even more unwieldy. Mm -hmm. So the magnitude of the decision can 
play into this, right? I would say absolutely, yes. Although I do have a friend who, whenever we go to the uh, serve yourself yogurt places, <laughs> um, it takes forever for her to figure out all of the flavors and the toppings and all. So when you were just saying that, it reminded me of yeah, her. Well, we'll go into that a little bit. Now, just <laughs> put yourself in, in your friend's shoes for a second. And why do you think she was taking so long? Just, just what do you imagine was going on? I think there's this fear that she's going to make the wrong decision. Right. right. Uh, yeah, it's it's you want to make sure that what you're choosing is the thing that you know is right in that moment. And we always just joke around about how could you possibly make a wrong decision in that situation? Yeah, um, that, that's exactly what was going through my mind just now. Is well, what's what's the downside? What's so terrible? And yet, we act as if it would be really terrible to pick the wrong thing. We we would regret it. Isn't it, isn't it kind of crazy that vanilla chocolate can cause, you know, such stress? Yeah, but I think it's a real, I mean, obviously, not everybody experiences that at the yogurt place. But yes, I think even the smallest oh, Maybe they thing, do. You know they don't. Well, <laughs> yogurt, yogurt brings out the worst in people. <laughs> yeah, all the dairy products. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, do, I just, I do agree that sometimes small decisions can feel really big in the moment, especially if you have this uh, feeling of needing things to be in control and needing to know that you're doing or you're following through on your impulses and things that are going to serve you best. Because it's yeah. hard to know. You never know until afterwards. But I think that, like you had said, you, you need to have the trust to know that no matter what you choose, um, there's a chance that it'll be great and there's a chance that it won't. But either way, you're going to be there to catch yourself. Yeah, there's, there's, you know, the simple decisions that we all take for granted, like, should I, should I get this card for, for this person or that card, this gift or that gift? We're, we're, we're kind of wanting it to be the perfect gift. Now, I wonder if it's because we want to do something really great, or is it because we don't want that person to not appreciate or not like us? So I, there's got to be some fear involved. And, and I think pulling that trigger overcoming the fear you know nike's famous slogan just do it well it wouldn't have worked had they said just think about doing it because <laughs> then the procrastinators would never tie up their sneakers and get out there so so somehow there's a trigger involved there's a trigger that when we go from inertia to momentum and that is the the, the turning point and and i think you correct me if you think i'm wrong with this but i think that once once you take that first step, whether it be running a race or buying a gift for someone, once you take that step and pull the trigger with a decision, uh, that's when everything shifts from, you know, kind of, uh, I guess, being frozen to thawing out and being something. Yeah. Is it Newton's law that says an object at rest stays at rest and an object in motion stays in motion? Are you, are you going to start throwing out... <laughs> On, right. I'm pretty sure. And, and no, it was Newton. It was right. Newton. Okay, yeah. Because it, it makes sense to me that, you know, once you start moving towards something, you you pick up momentum. And so it becomes easier and easier as the days goes on to, to work towards that goal. But, you know, when you're at rest, it actually takes a force to get you to start working 
mm. you know, toward your goal. You have to be able to start that movement. Yeah, last week it was Socrates. Now it's Sir Isaac Newton. Mm -hmm. Do you have, uh, I mean, you must study all these people. I don't know where they come from, Lauren. <laughs> I'm just a quote lover. Although Isaac <laughs> Newton, are. I think I have to attribute to Mr. Anderson in seventh grade science. Well, let me ask you this question then. Was it Newton or Galileo who saw the apple drop? I assume they both probably saw an apple drop at some point. <laughs> oh, no. I'm going to wait till next week. And don't procrastinate because I want you to email me the answer. Okay. By the way, the, the apple tree that that apple supposedly fell, and I'm not going to tell you whose, whose tree it was. You're going to have to send me that email. Okay. But supposedly that tree is still alive today. I think it's like 600 years old on the on his estate. It, hmm. It's just So if that tree dies, so goes gravity. Ah, okay. So the gravity. About, the... Were we talking about physics today or procrastination? I forgot. I think we're procrastinating. <laughs> we're getting away from the. We are. You're right. We've just procrastinated. Yeah, because well, distraction is actually a huge uh, uh, deterrent from moving toward a goal. But it's, it's a form of procrastination. So stop distracting me. Okay. okay. I'll stop. I was just thinking of the other day. This kind of reminds me of the of the story you were telling us about your patient who is working on her grad school mm -hmm. resume. And I was talking to Justin, my brother, the other day about this project that I really want to work on. And I was asking for his advice and I was kind of giving him all the reasons why I couldn't start yet because I was telling him all the things I didn't know. And he stopped me and he said, you know, Laura, in order to make something work, you have to just start doing something. It doesn't even matter what it is. It doesn't even matter if that thing is necessarily going to be important in the long run, but all that's important is that you start doing something. And he had quoted Steve Jobs and told me that Steve Jobs ac actually told his employees at Apple the famous quote that, that says, move fast and break things. Like he actually wanted his employees to just start working. And if things didn't work out, it didn't bother him. They would just go back and fix it. So instead of being paralyzed by this idea of like, I can't start until it's all ready, uh, the theory is just start doing something, even if it's little. And eventually it's all going to come together. And eventually you can fix whatever you broke along the way. The biggest issue with not getting started is is waiting until it's all ready yeah and and you know to go to give yourself permission to go ahead and break things that that liberates you my patient with graduate school go ahead and break it fail out you know but but don't not do something because life life always offers us opportunities to grow to learn to be able to feel free to break things if that happens See, that's that's not a given, but it does liberate you if you take away the need to not break things. Mm. You follow that? Yeah, it's it's absolutely. a kind of it's a kind of control. Well, it eliminates the fear, right? Mm -hmm, exactly. Yeah. Because if I fear I'm going to break something, then I'm going to sit back and I'm going to sit back. And but once if you told me, don't worry about it, it's you know, if you break it, you break it. Then I'm going to say, well, okay, here you go. And I would take that shot. So, so yeah, it eliminates the fear, the fear of failure, the fear of making a mistake. And yeah. that's, that's all about self-distrust, right? Uh, yeah, absolutely. And there's a question, a rhetorical question that I hear asked a lot where people say, if you had no fear, 
what could you do? Or uh-huh. if there if there was no failure, what could you achieve? And so it just puts your mind toward the what if in a positive way, and it takes it away from that negative vibration of of the fear and and the you know the losing battle. So, so that and that's similar to uh, go ahead and break things is eliminating the fear. So how do we get to the point where we can eliminate the fear? Well, I feel that the more secure you are. Uh, the more likely it is that you can tolerate that fear because basically a a more secure person just feels that, you know, whatever it is, I'll handle it. I've handled thousands of problems in my life and I'll handle the next one. But the more insecure a person is, the more cautious they are, the more they're afraid, you know, going back to the devil you know versus the devil you don't. You know, we are secure in what we know. And pulling a trigger and doing something different or doing something that's either tedious or demanding or, uh, you know, something that may be disruptive to our lives, you know, not vanilla chocolate, you know, not at the yogurt, yogurt counter. But, but for the person, you know, and, not, and not, not really to dismiss that either, the person at the yogurt counter is, is really involved in the same dilemma uh, of self-distrust because I don't know me enough to know that I want vanilla or chocolate because I'm I'm vacillating back and forth. So we have such confusion. And I think that's that's all about self-distrust. And I think it's about insecurity because the insecure person wants guarantees. And you know, my favorite line is if you want a guarantee, buy a toaster. Because in life, there are no guarantees. But I think a lot of procrastination is not just the fear of making a mistake, doing something wrong. But uh, the fear of just, you know, not being able to control outcomes. Right. So, okay. So, so far we've said one reason for procrastination might be just that shift from your comfortable state of rest into a state of momentum and movement. So kind of making that shift is one thing that's difficult. Another thing, like we were just saying, is the fear of either getting what we want and being afraid of what that will bring and the new responsibility we'll have and or not getting what we want and how we'll deal with the disappointment. And then I think maybe a third thing could be this idea that we might on a subconscious level not believe we're worthy of the thing Mm. that we are procrastinating. So there might be a part of us that, you know, maybe not consciously, but subconsciously that doesn't believe that we're meant to have that thing. And that could be... uh the patient last night, maybe not feeling worthy or intelligent enough. Yeah, I, I could see that. I could see that directly. So what's what, what, would I, what would I do as a psychologist? Well, I guess I would approach this as what I might call an atrophied self-discipline muscle, because a lot of procrastination, you know, it's, it's maybe about fear. It's maybe about making a mistake and perfectionism and control. But also sometimes, and tell me if you think is, this is just as, as viable a, 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 an explanation, sometimes it's just a matter of not having enough self-discipline. We, we, really, we really aren't used to making ourselves do what we say we want to do. Uh, for example, yeah, I really, I really should go to the gym. So what happens when you don't go to the gym? Well, Maybe that person really does want that and is not really hesitating out of fear, but hesitating out of a lack of self-discipline. Is there a difference or is it the same? 
No, I think there is a difference. And I was thinking of that just a moment ago because you know, there are dishes in my sink right now that I haven't done since yesterday. And I keep saying to my husband, don't worry, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Um, and I haven't. And that's not well, because I'm me, fearful. Do you want, why, don't you, why don't you go now and do them? We'll wait. <laughs> no, I'd much rather be doing this. Trust me. Um, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not afraid of the outcome of, of washing the dishes. And I don't think I'm, you know, not worthy of having clean dishes. So I think in this case, it really is just, it comes down to, you know, a not wanting to do it. Like I don't, I need to just get the oh, discipline to go and do it. Yeah. yeah not, not wanting to do it. You know, wah, 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 wah. Yeah. Sometimes we just get into that kind of wah, 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 just don't want to. So how do you build a self-discipline muscle if the hesitation has to do with self-discipline? Well, just like if you wanted to go to the gym and, and you know, get biceps, you start by doing some curls. Now with self discipline, start with small exercises. For example, let's say Fido needs to be walked, and you're sitting on the couch, Fido would be a dog, Lauren, Got it. Uh, and you're sitting on the couch and, and Fido's going, which means take me out for a walk. And, and you and you're watching a movie and you're saying Fido down Fido down. <laughs> and you're just this cruel pet owner. But if you want to develop self-discipline, what you do is you say, Fido needs to go out and I need to get myself off this couch and walk him. Uh, and that's exactly what you do. So you get a small exercise where you force yourself to take the necessary action. No ifs, ands, or buts. Black and white thinking. And I think black and white thinking may, may be helpful for a lot of people with procrastination because when you give yourself wiggle room, when you're able to be ambivalent, then, of course, it, it just gives you much more space to be a procrastinator. Uh, so if you want to build that self-discipline muscle, and if you want to just get better with working out your procrastinations, start becoming a black and white thinker. Or as Nike says, just do it. Uh, but you got to make yourself do it. But but I'm still fixated on, on the trigger point, because I think for, for most people, once they pull that trigger, just break the ice things start to happen. It's almost like, you know, it's it's like the, the, the little hole in the dam and everything starts to gush through at that point. So so let's, if you don't mind, I mean, I, I'd like to just try to figure out a little bit more what that trigger point might be. Because if I'm a procrastinator and, and I really want to do something, and let's just say there are some fears, there are some doubts, but but I want to do it. So what I might do, and actually, I, I, I should say, this is what I what I wound up talking about last night with my patient. I said, okay, let's do this. Let's not leave it ambiguous. Let's set a specific day and time. And that's when you're going to sit down with a piece of paper and a pencil, and you're going to begin to write, or I guess people don't use paper and pencil anymore. I do. Mm. But, 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 but I think that what you need to do if you want to enhance that trigger point is that you need to really pin yourself down. If, if you leave it to, uh, well, this afternoon, no, 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 make it even more specific three o'clock this afternoon. Tie yourself, you know, I, go, I keep going back to the black and white, but I think the trigger is the point that we engage as opposed to being disengaged. Uh, are we close to, or are we kind of different in, in our view on this? No, I, I agree. I think I was just trying to reframe certain things from like a have to, uh, or I should into more of a, 
I want to or I get to like into more of a privilege uh, because the vibration at which you approach something changes drastically when you feel like you have to do something versus you get to or you want to. Yeah. As soon as you say, as soon as you said that, I, if I have to do this, it's almost like a part of me says, no, I don't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like you, 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 you're the hackles on, on your, on your neck go up and you, and you just, you resist almost reflexively, you know, being told you have to, but when you change it, as you're saying to a want to, then that's something for me. Yeah. Exactly. I get that. Yeah. So you can, uh, the example with the dishes is so silly, but it, it, I, you know, if I say I have to do the dishes, which is actually kind of what I've been telling myself, uh, it makes it daunting and like someone, you know, something that I'm fighting against versus uh, trying to shift that into an I want to be able to have like a clear, clean space, Um, you know, that that then shifts it a little. I approach it differently, which then allows me to pull the trigger much more quickly and with less resistance. Yeah, yeah, that's not an easy transition, you know, wanting to do the dishes. That's a bit of a juggle, but but you can you can really want to get something accomplished, as you're saying. You can want to not be a procrastinator and to be more efficient. So it, it is important, you know, it's like I said, it's hard to to convince yourself that you want to do a task that that is not maybe pleasurable, but you still can want to do it for the right reasons and to feel good about yourself. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly what I was saying. You want the the outcome. Yeah. Right. So let's let's stop all this procrastinating. And <laughs> but what what about you know sometimes it's it's really not. Is there a distinction between procrastination and just being darn lazy? Because mm-hmm. I see procrastination a lot of times as a a psychological issue, and 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 certainly you know it, it's a lot of people will confuse procrastination, you know, the motor behind procrastination with depression. And certainly, someone that's depressed, you know, is going to really have a hard time engaging. But but with depression. Uh, and and procrastination, you don't really have a choice. It's part of the depression cycle itself. But in a non-clinical sense, when you are just a procrastinator uh, and not suffering from depression, then then it's a matter of uh, really choice. You are choosing. Do you buy that, first of all, that you're choosing to procrastinate, whether it's conscious or unconscious? On some level, there's a choice to kick the can down the road. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I find for me sometimes when when I know that I'm procrastinating, I will try and find just one little thing that I can do that sometimes isn't it doesn't even have to do with the actual goal itself. Like just the other day, I wanted to start just eating more healthy. Like I felt like lately we've, you know, because we only go to the grocery store once every three weeks, we've been having this um, shift in the way we've been eating. So I wanted to to change that a little bit. And so instead of doing it right away, because I just, you know, it just in normal procrastination 
uh, tendencies, I felt like I wasn't ready right away. And so instead, I found like little articles to read and a YouTube video that was this motivational video about shifting and, and making space for change and just little things that kind of worked on my mindset first. And it made me feel like I was ready. So even though I wasn't actually doing the thing that I said I was about to do, I started with my mind and I started to find things to motivate me. And I think that that's a fine place to start too. If you're not really feeling motivated to do the actual thing, maybe you start with just finding pieces of motivation to build you up to be ready to pull the trigger. Okay, but I'm going to I'm going to extrapolate that a bit. There's also um distractions that's where i'm going with this there are distractions that that come in service of our procrastination the internet for example you're talking about doing the dishes well i have to do the dishes but let's see well let, let me just check out this youtube and let me just answer a few emails so the internet has become a significant distraction and and it works in service of procrastination in that we can, we can, you know, find a thousand different exciting and interesting and stimulating things on the internet, as opposed to the mundane task of doing dishes. So sometimes it's a matter of being a stimulus junkie. And, and we have a hard time with the mundane tasks. So, you know, we, we, and I think maybe we, we should talk a little bit about that, that a lot of life is handling the mundane. And, and isn't it the mundane that tends to trip up, I'm not going to guess, most people making the bed, doing the dishes, uh, all that kind of stuff. And, and isn't, isn't that where we tend to gravitate toward, you know, it's like any, any port in the storm towards anything more stimulating. And if we find something more stimulating, it's going to grab us and it's going to hold us and we're going to forget the dishes, just like you're doing that right now. Am I correct? Mm, correct. You're you're ignoring those dishes because we're doing something much more stimulating. So so handling the mundane, uh, and I think that you have to kind of that's where you have to bring some consciousness to bear. That you know when you willfully are just looking for a bit more stimulation as opposed to the dishes, uh, that's where the self discipline comes in. That's where you really need to dig in and decide what what your life needs to entail and maybe a bit of time management here maybe a bit of setting uh, kind of limits as to how much time before you go do those dishes but you have to start being true to your your word if you say you're going to do those dishes before you eat your next meal well you have to make that happen and if you don't then of course you're you're reinforcing your own lethargy you're reinforcing your own inadequacy your own self distrust so we've got to start living. And again, I come back to that black and white. And I, I, I hate to keep saying black and white, but yet we either are feeding our habits or we're starving them. And if we have a habit of procrastination, to me, the best way to starve it is to make yourself not procrastinate. Start small, but keep doing it, keep proving. So uh, again, I come back to the habit strength of it. But talk to me, your perception about the mundane, Lauren, is, isn't most procrastination about those small tasks that we want that are low stimulation value? 
Yeah, I would say either that or the other extreme, which is something, you know, that feels overwhelming because it's so big. Um, but yeah, I think that the mundane tasks definitely people put them off because they're not particularly fulfilling or engaging, like you said. Boring. Yeah, boring, exactly. Uh, but I think that there are ways also to kind of do them on your own terms a little bit also. Like mm -hmm. I know for me in the morning, I always make the bed and uh, the coffee and all. And I have a certain book on tape that I love to listen to and I don't really have time other times during the day. So I'll put my headphones in and that's like my 20 minute routine in the morning. So even though I'm being productive and getting these things done, I also have a chance to listen to a book, which is kind of like doing it on my terms. So it feels more fulfilling in a way. Yeah. So I think there are creative ways to make things more enjoyable, which makes them, yeah. you know, less of a resistant. So, so there are numerous examples of procrastination and something that's dangerous, fearful, fear of making a mistake, perfectionism. There's the mundane, just the tediousness of doing certain things. So we, we put off lots of things just because uh, we would rather be somewhere else in that moment. And it's kind of a, a, a greediness, if you will. So I feel, and I'm going to check you out and see how you feel about it, but I feel if I want to become a better person, then I need to deal with life head on. And I think that procrastination, putting something off, is a way of excusing ourselves from the practicality of living more effectively in life. Uh, you, you know, it's it's a matter of when when you feel either you want to, you have to, or you're supposed to, when when you start to run away from life's demands in any way, shape, or form, uh, you know, I think it weakens, you know, your sense of self, uh, your, your self-confidence, your self-trust, uh, your sense of security. I think when you handle life, the life that you say you should be handling, not, you know, the life that someone else says you should be handling, but when you decide these are the things that I should be doing or want to be doing, uh, you need to make it happen, right? Yeah. Am I too, too black and white? Am I too black no, and white? No, no, I think, I think it is that simple. Um, simple is not always easy, but it is that simple. And I was thinking another thing too that could be helpful is is having some form of accountability. So if you share your goal with somebody and mm. tell them that that this is your plan i think very sometimes good. that helps that's very good yeah that's kind of like when i said when you set a, a, a time and a date uh the other thing is like accountability and uh if if you're if you're going to stop smoking for example uh it's probably a good idea to tell a lot of people next saturday i'm going to stop smoking uh so it it kind of enhances and, and puts a little pressure on you because sometimes pressure can help, right? I mean, do you see where sometimes a big decision as we, you know, we can get closer to that deadline, we have a tendency to want to flee, but sometimes pressure on the other hand can, can really make us finally pull that trigger. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Let's talk a little more about laziness though, because there is a distinction. Procrastination is different from laziness. I'm trying to figure out why. Do you see a difference? Yes. Yeah. Well, procrastination, I guess, by definition means that there is some sort of goal that's looming, right? Mm -hmm. So there's something you're, you're wanting to work toward. Whereas laziness, I think, is just a more all-encompassing kind of way of 
approaching life in general. Yeah, yeah, I think it's, I think it's more, more, like you say, it's more encompassing, you know, it's, it's a lack of motivation. So a lazy person is just a person who is, shall we say, self-indulgent? Yeah, and, and may potentially not have goals at all, like may just be much more comfortable not reaching for something outside of their comfort zone. Ah, yeah. So the lazy person saying, yeah, I really, I really need to, uh, you know, get into graduate school, but not having the motivation and being lazy, they just, they just kind of forget about it rather than struggle over it. Whereas the procrastination is someone who really wants something, but isn't making it happen. I guess there, there are subtle differences, but, mm-hmm. but I, I think being lazy is, is another form of um, just avoiding life in general. Yeah, I would say that. Although I also believe that sometimes that term lazy can get a little bit confusing. And often in our society today, I feel like there's so much pressure for people to constantly be working and putting uh, attention toward goal-oriented thought processes. And there's this idea nowadays that resting is lazy. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really dangerous Absolutely. paradigm. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and let's face it, we, we haven't been talking about that today, but just as important as the black and white handling of life, there, there also needs to be, you know, this, this capacity to, to give ourselves a break from the demands and even from the procrastinations themselves. Sometimes you just need some space to just be able to refortify, get some good sleep, get some relaxation, you know, build up some restorative chemicals. So, so I think sometimes being lazy can be a good thing. And maybe on a regular basis, you know, take one day a week, for example, a lazy day. I'm not so sure that's not a good idea. What what do you think about that? Mm, I think it's a great idea, actually. Um, Yeah, I think rest is kind of essential for life and and definitely for productivity. I think when you take uh, athletes, for example, the the best athletes are they they must take rest days, and if they don't, they cannot be as effective as they would have otherwise. Life is cyclical. Like there are days and times where you'll have so much forward moving productive energy, and then there are other days that you just need rest. And I think that rest kind of leads to success in a lot of ways. Uh-huh. Well, let's face it, Lauren, I think after this arduous podcast today, I, I think we, we both need a little rest, don't you? <laughs> um, yeah, but I have to go do the dishes. So. Oh, well, be- listen, before you go do the dishes, do you happen to know what time it is? Uh, I don't know, probably like 2.30? No, no, no. It's time for... Uh-oh, what is it time for? Oh, no. <laughs> it's time for a self-coaching pep talk. Oh, my goodness. Here it comes. So here's today's self-coaching pep talk. Don't let life slip away. Had you ever asked, where has the time gone? You blink an eye, a month slips by. You blink again a year procrastination, inaction, these are the enemies of the soul. If you're frozen with putting off until tomorrow thinking, hesitating, or stuck in your day-to-day routine, then embrace the words of Frederick Douglass. It is not the light that we need, but the fire. 
It is not the gentle shower, but the thunder. We need the storm, the whirlwind, and the earthquake. Do it today. How about that? You like that one? I like it. I like the do it now part. It's so true. We haven't really said that yet, but the, the fact that we don't have that much time here to accomplish the things that we want to, it, it kind of, that alone is a little bit of motivation to start doing whatever it is you need to do. There you go. Well, it was very nice procrastinating with you today. Mm-hmm. Maybe next week we'll, we'll start on time. What do you think? Yeah, it depends on the topic. Okay. Well, tomorrow tomorrow we'll start to come up with topics and no procrastinating. I want to see some productivity out of us this week. <laughs> mm. Did the groundhog see his shadow? He did. Oh, he did. so that's good, I think. Yeah, six more weeks. Yeah, six more. No, it's bad. <laughs> oh. Yeah, that's okay. All right. Well. So, well, listen. I, I I really have to go do dishes, make my bed, and do all this <laughs> stuff. So I've 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 got to say goodbye. This is just going on and on too long this week. So you be good. Have a good week. Will do. And uh, visit our selfcoaching.net website, where you can learn more about our self coaching philosophy, and check out my number one selling books. So until next time, remember that being victimized by emotional struggle is not an option. And by definition, victims are powerless, and you are not powerless. And remember, everything is hard until you make it simple. So join me and Lauren, and let's make it simple together. Believe in yourself, reach out for your dreams. Don't surrender, there is more than it seems. Hold on and fight, follow your heart. This is your way, life is what you make of it. Believe in yourself, reach out for your dreams.